Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year And to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Oh, jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. All right, my show, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, has hit 1 million podcast downloads because of you. This is huge. That means we're in the top 5% of all podcasts among listeners. I want to thank you for listening to the show and supporting what we do. Iron sharpens iron. On this show, we dive into the most pressing news of our time. It's not easy, but it's necessary. Providing insightful commentary and a heavy dose of fact-based truth. We cover criminal justice, politics, social justice, policy, and how racism affects us all. Find Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you are subscribed to our show so you don't miss an episode and don't forget to rate us with five stars. Now that we've reached one million podcast downloads, let's get our show to number one in the podcast charts. Hey, listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. 
They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Osiris. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Wednesday to everyone out there in niche fish podcasting world. This is the Helping Friendly Podcast. My name is Brian Brinkman. I am here with Megan, wonderful co-host, to dive into the final Tuesday night show of Fish's Summer 2022 tour. Because next week, there's only one weekday show, and it's a Wednesday. Megan, how are you? And how are you feeling about the fact that this is the final Tuesday night show of tour? I'm good. I hadn't actually considered it being the final Tuesday night show of tour. So this is new information for me. Yeah, I've got to like process this, think about what that means. Yeah, I mean, I feel like tour is about to wind down. I'm going to see this weekend and then I'm done. So for me, it's definitely like feeling like the end. But it's not the end for everyone else out there who's lucky enough to keep going. But it's definitely, there's a lot of anticipation for this weekend for me. I haven't even gotten started. I know you haven't even gotten started yet. <laughs> I'm just watching this at home. Um, my favorite part of tour so far is my my daughter's 18 months. And when the comes on, when like yeah. the show is starting, she runs from another room into our room and watches the TV. I think she just really likes the guys coming on stage and the lights. And uh, so last... Last night I was at swim lessons with my son and we drove home, walked in during 46 days and she was running around in circles in front of the TV going, ah, and I was like, you get it. You get it already. <laughs> She's Band ready. needs to play for like another 20 years for you to be able to, to really get this. Um, yeah, but uh, it's been fun so far, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's been a great summer tour. Exceeded really? my expectations and you know, they're always high, so. It's something we're going to talk a little bit about. We're going to do a special show on Friday. We're going to have a couple uh, people who have seen a few shows on, saw the Midwest shows as well. And I kind of want to take stock of where this tour is before we move into the final two, three-night runs and then one four-night run at AC, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, Alpine, and then Dix. I, I, 
I have a lot of thoughts about expectations and about where this tour is that I've been thinking about. So I'm really excited to get to dive into that. But before we do that, we do have uh, two amazing guests who are going to be joining us. Justin Green and David Miller. David Miller can be found on Twitter at Miller underscore David. I always love the reverse Twitter where you just, there had to have been another <laughs> Dave Miller there. There was probably not another Miller David there. So he he, he got that perfectly on Twitter. <laughs> um, really, really excited about this. Justin has seen shows since Merriweather and uh, he will be seeing AC, Alpine and Dix. David, um, is seeing Alpine or excuse me, seeing AC this weekend as well, but getting their perspective in terms of like where they're at in terms of how they see the band, what it's like jumping on tour is going to be a ton of fun before we bring them on though. We do have a little bit of business at hand. You know how things go here. Meg, do you want to tell us about our first sponsors for HF pod on tour? Absolutely. Our first sponsor is passion house coffee here at Osiris. We are powered by lots of things. We're powered by friendship, by music, and of course, by really, really good coffee. And Passion House has made our very own blend, the Ocean of Osiris. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of this already. And you can get some of that at passionhousecoffee.com. And you can get other coffee there too. And you can use our coupon code OSIRIS. And you're going to get free shipping on every order. So that's a code you can keep using as you're getting more and more coffee. And a lot of you know we have an awesome contest that we've been running this summer. And for each fish show, we're giving away bags of Ocean of Osiris coffee every time fish plays an ocean song. So every time you hear an ocean song, and that's up for interpretation, it can just be like a lyric or something that reminds you of the ocean, put it out there. You can tag Osiris Pod and at Passion House Coffee on Twitter and use the hashtag Ocean of Osiris. And we have a winner today. And our winner today is Jared. And he's on Twitter at JBPHI. So congrats, Jared. You got some coffee coming your way. You got some coffee coming your way. You identified some ocean songs. It's really, really good stuff. It's it's fun to play along with this game and be like, ah, that is an ocean song. And then tweet at Osiris Pod as well as Passion House Coffee using the hashtag Ocean of Osiris and playing along and maybe you win some coffee. I'm drinking some Ocean of Osiris right now. It is so, so good. It is some of my favorite coffee I've had recently. So get your hands on all of this. I, like um, li- I play it back while I'm listening back to the show even. I'm like playing along. I'm like splashing in the sea. I could be tagging this. If I wasn't listening the next day. If only the show. <laughs> Um, it's a ton of fun. We love Passion House. We encourage you all to play along with this game throughout the remainder of summer tour. Um, we also want to tell you about, so there's a lot coming up here in the next couple of weeks from an Osiris standpoint. First and foremost, you can get your fish AC tickets if you haven't already by going to osirispod.com slash AC. I know that some of you are last minute planners. Go to that link on the page. It's the most direct way to buy tickets for fish's three night run at AC. Purchase them there. While you're doing that, spend a little bit more time on OsirisPod.com because there are some live events that are coming up, the first of which is in Atlantic City. So I'm going to break this down for you because there's a lot going on. Megan, my lovely co-host on the screen here right now, smiling, beaming, ready to inject positivity, energy, love, and light while the right amount of ample amount of criticism, just just the ample (laughs) amount. Uh, into these shows is going to be there with RJ recapping both AC shows live at the Anchor Rock Club. We will be there 
from 2 to 4 p.m. on both Saturday, August 6th, as well as Sunday, August 7th. There's two things happening on each day. First, on Saturday, we've got John Barber joining us from the Disco Biscuits for an acoustic set of music. It's going to be absolutely amazing to hear him play. Meg and uh, and RJ are going to be talking with him a little bit as well about songwriting, inspiration, wherever the conversation goes. It should be a ton of fun. And then on Sunday, August 7th, we'll be hosting an auction that will be benefiting the water wheel. We'll be auctioning off fish vinyl, posters, shirts, a ton of hard to find memorabilia. You can join us live for that as well as you can do this virtually. I'm going to tell you about how to do that here in a second. But before I do that, get your tickets for it. It's a free event, but you do need to Mm -hmm. RSVP. OsirisPod.com slash ARC to be able to RSVP for that event. We also want to thank our sponsor for this, Tonewood Brewing, amazing brewery on the East Coast. They worked with us for the Ardmore event. They're working for us here. Really, really good dudes. Amazing beer that uh, they will be serving lots of at the Anchor Rock Club. So get away from the heat. Get away from the beach. Get away from the casino. Come and hang out. Chill with us. Listen to some music. Hang out for the auction. Listen to some recaps of HF Pod. And as I said, you'll be able to stream these. So both days will be streamable. We will not be streaming, just so that everyone out there knows, we will not be streaming recaps for Friday and Saturday shows here using the feature that we use here that goes up on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, We will be doing both recaps uh, uh, through an auction site, whatnot that we are, we are partnering with for these events. So you can stream both of them from afar. Barber's set on Saturday, as well as the HF pod recap by going to osirispod.com slash AC one. And then Sunday's recap plus plus, and this is really exciting. You can participate in the water wheel auction by going to osirispod.com slash AC2. If you're in the room, you'll need to download the Whatnot app to be able to participate in the auction. But the cool thing is from afar, you're just hanging out Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon. You got the baseball game on one TV. You get our stream on another TV, maybe your computer, you're participating, you're auctioning on uh, a live one, uh, early pressing, you're auctioning on cool old posters, a ton of stuff. So OsirisPod.com slash AC1 for Saturday's show, OsirisPod.com slash AC2 for Sunday's show. Last two things really quick. RJ and I will be in Milwaukee on Thursday, August 11th for an event that we are hosting with Riley Walker at the Cooperage. Buy your tickets for that at osirispod.com slash Milwaukee. Riley is an amazing guitarist, amazing singer-songwriter. We will do an interview with him, and then he will play a set of music. The Cooperage is where you can get a shuttle from Milwaukee to Alpine Valley for each of the Alpine Valley shows, so it's great to get an idea of the lay of the land, uh, hang out at the bar. They got some great beers on tap, got food trucks outside. It's an amazing, amazing spot. You can rent a kayak and go kayaking in the river. It's just such a cool place. Um, That's Osiris, awesome. Isn't it? Yeah. It's it sounds great, really cool. great hang. Yeah. Osirispod.com slash Milwaukee. Uh, tickets are $15 uh, in advance, 20 bucks day of the show. So check that out. And then finally, we're closing out summer tour with an Osiris live show at the Larimer Lounge here in Denver, Colorado on Wednesday, August 31st. We are going to have Taper's Choice joining us. 
Jonathan, who is watching from afar today, will be back for recapping, I believe, tomorrow. He and I will be interviewing Taper's Choice. Get your tickets for that, osirispod.com slash Denver. Really, really excited about all of that. Really stoked. Really stoked. As Jonathan says, Riley rules. He really does. He really does. Um, should we bring our guests on? We're getting a ton of comments right now. Uh, I yeah. just want to read through these before we bring our guests on because there is a ton of good energy around last night's show that I can't wait to dive into. What do we got here? We've got Toph B saying Blossom Show was a heater. Brett Woden saying crazy good show. Just got done re-listening. Shermuth, I too was running around my TV. It was <laughs> a solo dance party. Jonathan, That's good tour. Best is good. That is the best, isn't it? Like nobody's around. You're just dancing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Les says great show last night. Maybe show the tour thus far. We're going to have to ask our guests if they thought that's so hard. It's it's so hard. There've been some really good tours. Rick says last night's show was great. There was a good mix of songs. No shortage of jamming. Just how I like it. That's Rick. You got some good perspective there. I dig that. Brian Golenberg. (laughs) Definitely your style, Brian. Really, it's my hometown show. I think that was the best of tour, and I'm not being biased. <laughs> I love that. I like that. Brian, who is our 1990 and before Fish resident mm-hmm. fan, hanging with us. Loving that show. I dig that. Scott S., that free, though. That free, though. I mean. Though. Mm. I really like that. Brian Weinstein, who will be joining us hey, uh, next Monday. People saying best show of the tour after almost every show this tour. Last time I remember 100%. that happened was summer 2015. Amazing, amazing Ooh. stuff. And finally, before we bring our guests on here, Rick says once again, the other day I predicted a 30-minute jam at Blossom. I didn't quite get that, but no complaints. That was a magical 25-minute version of free. Couldn't agree more. Let's go ahead here. Let's bring our guests on and dive into this. Once again, we're going to bring on Justin Green and David Miller. How you guys doing? Excellent. Very excited to be here today with you guys. Very Fantastic. Yeah. I'm uh, psyched to talk about this show. It was, it was an unbelievable night. It was an unbelievable night. It, uh, you know, Tuesday night, you come off of a three week, three night in a row weekend run at two venues the band loves to play and you go right into Blossom, which just seems to be, I was talking about it with friends last night. Blossom is so weird. It's always gets one night's middle of the tour, mm-hmm. never opens the tour, never has a multi-night run. And it's like the band walks off stage, kind of like burning that shed to the ground. I don't know how, it's just like they walk in there. It's a beautiful venue. I've only been once. They must pull up and be like, yeah, we feel the good vibes today. It's Midwest and, and it, fish. That's Midwest fish. Midwest That's fish. Midwest fish. And I get they to say that because I'm from the Midwest. So You are. They poured some <laughs> cheese and some cream all over whatever they ate yesterday. And just like they had that, <laughs> pit in their stomach from being in the Midwest. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. I'm from the Midwest as well. I love it. Um, Justin, David, let's start with you, Justin. What has your impression been of this tour thus far going into last night? Uh, very enthusiastic uh, crowds. I, I think it's an, ex- you know, I'm sort of looking at this tour as an extension of last summer and fall um, in that, just so much gratitude from the crowd and just so many enthusiastic people and so many people, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not hearing people complaining about songs. I'm just hearing people out of their minds, overly enthusiastic and joyful to be back at fish after, you know, we didn't have fish during COVID. 
That's a really good point. I was thinking about that, like the idea of this being an extension of last year. Cause I said something on Twitter after the Bethel weekend that that was my favorite fish since fall tour. And someone pushed back a little bit and been like, they were like, everything's been good since fall tour. And I kind of was thinking about it. Like we've had a really strong ride. We haven't had really any sort of dips and this feels like it's an extension of that. David, do you get that sense as well? Kind of going into this show that like, this has been just a continual, if not upward trajectory of like, just like a good solid continuation of everything that we heard throughout last summer and fall. Yeah. I mean, my experience just listening to fall tour, the patience, the effortlessness, um, they're not in a rush to get anywhere. They're letting the music just kind of develop very naturally and organically. And I think that is certainly continuing on a lot of shows this summer tour. Um, you know, listening to all the shows this summer tour, I call it the surrender to the dad rock tour. Like, <laughs> yeah, really good. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's obviously a lot of new songs that, yeah. I mean, we, we, we've heard all these songs before, but, you know, they're being played more frequently, but they're being extended in new ways. So you're, you're, new songs are developing new personalities. Um, and, you know, this is the tour. Th th these last, from fall tour to now, Fish is always keeping us on our toes and we're, we're, we never know what's going to happen. Um, so the unexpectedness has certainly continued into this tour. And Am to I this point, I mean... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say that, I didn't mean to interrupt. The, the jammed out mall the other night you you truly never know what you're going to get. I mean, there was the night when they in Raleigh with the was it Rise Come Together that they jammed out yeah. for 20 minutes, 21 minutes, and then the jammed out mall. I mean, it, everybody, you know, so many people there think they know what's going to happen. Who thought they were going to jam mall? Am I wrong to think to that point and to what you said, David? that like the unexpected has slightly become expected, not in a bad way, but like you just kind of know going into each show, something's going to happen here that I cannot predict going into this. Uh, Brian says here in the comments, the leaves at Jones beach, uh, the oh. Golgi apparatus that like just had 90 seconds of extended jamming. Um, even set your soul free, a song that is a jam vehicle. That version for Bethel was mind blowing. Um, or Megan, how they're jamming you, out ACDC bag. You know, I mean, I think that this is the thing. They're just old songs are getting jammed. You know, songs from the 80s are getting jammed out in ways they haven't in 30 years. New songs are getting, you know, completely deconstructed and put back together again. I mean, I think that the band, the expectation level is so incredibly high and it's all their fault because they just keep <laughs> delivering. You know, they keep delivering. And so we keep expecting it and they keep meeting and like rising and meeting the challenge. And it's just, phenomenal and it's so it's such an exciting time to be a fish fan because you truly never know like they're innovating setless construction every night they're creating beautiful improvised music every night it's just it's super exciting and i'm a fluffer so that's fine <laughs> it's, i was so it's proud to be there last night i was so proud of them hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm proud to be a fish fan i don't travel to see a nostalgia act you know we get right. something new and refreshing no, totally yeah it's a really good point, and that's something that I want to focus on as we get into this. Is like last night had it just the same as so much of the tour is the sense of we're writing new songs, and so we're adding new songs to the catalog. 
But beyond that, we're figuring out ways to take old songs and even new songs to places that nobody could predict. And that, that is keeping things very interesting. And I think it's challenging the band, um, turning to last night's show. So you guys both go to this. This is a Tuesday night show, always kind of a little bit of a different feel than the weekend shows. People have Mm -hmm. to go to work usually that day or the day after, unless you're, you know, you take a couple days off here and there, which is probably the smarter decision, but not what everybody can do. This is a one-off show. They're going up to Pine Knob after this. You guys, I believe, are both going to that. Um, Tell me, starting with you, Justin, the vibe of the show, and this, this segment of the show is sponsored by our good friends at Section 119, which is the premier apparel brand where many fans shop to represent their favorite band in everyday life. They've got sophisticated designs, epic quality. Section 119 offers donut-inspired button-down shirts, board shorts, dry-fit polos, and hoodies, among many more awesome clothing types. You can use code SUMMER22 for a 20% discount on your next purchase. You're absolutely going to love it. So with this in mind, Justin, what was the vibe of the show like for you when you pulled up and you walked in? Well, when we got there... um... My wife is a younger fan. Uh, she's only seen about 20 shows, and she loves Shakedown, okay? And that Shakedown yesterday was hearty and robust. I yes. mean, it, you know, I, I saw some of the most – it just was – it was just a – it was an all-time sh- – it, it reminded me of, like, uh, ni- late uh, – like, 92 to 95, like, dead Shakedown. Like, just humongous. Ooh, perfect. Like, it, it was so long. Um you, I mean, David, you saw it was it was incredible. Uh, I, I thought that really set the tone, and I wasn't sure, but I, I seen like a lot of the people I was talking to and just kind of you know make talking to in line. I sort of got the feeling that a lot of the people there hadn't seen fish or hadn't seen a lot of shows recently because everybody was just it was just a different vibe than Merryweather. Everybody was like ravenously excited for yesterday's show. Everybody that I talk to one lot. I love that. That that sense of like you walk on and immediately there's like energy that you just you can just feel it coursing through you. Um you kind of know that you're walking into a great show. David, did you feel similarly? Was it just yeah, the vibe I, really I, energetic? Yeah, I just want to like set the stage of just blossom the, the the grounds. I mean, it's it's literally in the middle of Cuyahoga Valley National Park, right? So you're wow. yeah. you're driving up you know, it's, it's farmland, kind of beautiful rolling hills, and you just cruise in, and there's Blossom has amazing trees, shaded areas, multiple parking lots. It's kind of a complex venue to get in and get out of, uh, but if you kind of get there early uh, and get your bearings, you'll, you'll be all right. And then the shakedown just stretches the entire kind of grass parking lots, and it's really that that it's it's in the center of everything. It's 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 like a it's like the town shows up. It's a carnival in the middle of a farmland in Ohio. And yeah, I mean the weather was perfect. You know, you weren't dying out there in ninety degree heat. It was sunny. It was a beautiful you know Cleveland day, and uh, everyone it was everyone was just in such good spirits on a Tuesday afternoon to be to be seeing fish. And yeah, I, you know that that shakedown. It was like you were in a very weird like micro economy that you know ne- that you're never in on, uh, you know in your daily life and you kind of enter this carnival and it was great food people selling beer and really fun t-shirt i mean 
you could go shopping, you could meet friends. And it was a local show for me. So just, you know, just seeing people, you know, walking on Shakedown, meeting up with old friends. That's what it was all about. And uh, I loved it. Loved it. The reunion aspect of the show, like beyond the party of Shakedown. I mean, yeah. I, I think it all it all combines in a really cool way because you, you, you know that you've got friends who are there who you may have not seen in some time. Plus, like that realization that shakedown just keep it keeps traveling on and it goes from one venue to another. And like you said, it's in the middle of the farmland. It's a really cool aspect that uh, you feel familiar, but then you also see your old friends. It's a, it's a really, really good thing back and forth. Um, let's jump into the music here. So set one of this show opens with the first strawberry fields forever since July 27th. July 22nd, excuse me, 2017, 168 shows. Famously, Strawberry Night, it opened to that show as well. That's followed by Crowd Control, Punch You in the Eye, which fades into 46 Days, which fades into You Enjoy Myself, Tube, fades into Shade, Reba, and Cavern closes it out. David, starting with you, what was your big highlight of set one? Wow. Um, you know, this is interesting. Like, this is really random, um, but the end of 46 days, there's this two minute mm-hmm. inter. I thought they were going to take it a lot further. And I guess they just decided, you know what, we're done. And, you know, we're, we're moving on to YM because that was the centerpiece of the first set. <laughs> but the, the jam at the end was this, this delicate, melodic lullaby after like, I mean, 46 mm-hmm. days didn't really go anywhere. Um, and Trey had this lick and then Fishman's drum roll over the top of it. I just, I don't know. It was just two minutes, but if I had to like encapsulate the first set, it would be, uh, right at the end of, of, of 46 days. But like overall, you know, if, if someone had never heard fish before, like this was like fish one Oh one, like this set, it had so many classic composed tunes um, it just felt very old school, very traditional, very classic. Um, I loved, I loved every every minute of it. I agree about that. Forty six days. It got to such a beautiful place. It was just absolutely gorgeous. It was really special. I kept wanting them to keep going with it. So I felt the same. It is interesting, like from a setless construction standpoint, you've got Punch in the Eye, You Enjoy Myself, and Reba. These three songs that are all built around compositions are pretty complex for the band to play. Bridged by a song like Crowd Control that is 20 years old, but still feels like a new, like everything basically from Round Room forward always feels like a yeah. new song to me. Um, 46 Days, a Round Room song that, to your point, it can either be a five minute straight ahead rock song and just like, destroy your eardrums, rock you like crazy, you know, turn you into like the Maxwell guy from the, from the eighties ad. <laughs> um, but they can also go to this very blissful and ethereal space. Um, and then Reba and Cavern to kind of close things out. Justin, what was your big highlight? Well, um, I really did like 46 days. I also loved, um, I loved the, you enjoy myself, but I thought that, and I'm not a musician, uh, so this is a non-musician's ear, but that Reba sounded very, very, very clean to me and very well played. Um, mm-hmm. I love when I have musicians sitting around me um, to talk to at set break, you know, b- before the show, little comments here and there. Um, they were also telling me that that was really, really well played. Um, 
I'm a sucker for hearing Reba outside during the summer and like, you know, as it's getting dark and it's breezy and it's just totally. a, it's like a vibe from my teenage years. I started to see it. My first, the other night was my 30th anniversary, Meriwether uh, one. And it just, it brings me back to like the first few shows I saw, you know, at, um, at Meadowbrook and stuff like that. Just the, the, that beautiful, like breezy summer air Reba feeling. It's like I'm floating, if that makes any sense. Like when he's yeah. playing the- Makes a uh, lot of sense. Okay. <laughs> the, the composed <laughs> section, I, I feel like I'm floating when I hear it. Mm-hmm. It's well, funny because- Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Apologize. Just to build on Justin, like it was really light out the whole first set. Like they started mm. 7.40 or whatever it was. You know, it doesn't get dark in Ohio till nine o'clock. So it was it was- and the light rig is pared down. Mm. It's a much smaller stage. So it was a, you really felt like you were at a summer show and it was, mm. and, and yeah. The, and the composed sections in all the songs, just hearing them, you know, when it's light out, there's, there's, there's the light rig was almost like kind of non-existent in the, in the it, it, like the music really did the talking um, in that, in that first set. Yeah, it's. I, I really appreciate the context for this because yeah, because Ohio is so west in the eastern time zone that you're going to be light out into like towards the end of the first. And I was noticing that when the camera would be on stage, even in Reba, it was like starting to get dark. It was that like kind of magic hour, but it was still like glimmers of light. It really looked like you were at a midsummer show. Um, I, I think you said it perfectly, Justin. I my thoughts on Reba were number one. I, I, it was a beautiful version. It sounded very tight. It was very breezy. And number two, I'm seeing the band at Alpine. And I think I nailed the rotation here for Reba. Yeah. I think I'll be able to get one <laughs> at Alpine. I'm not going to do it this weekend. Maybe Toronto and I get screwed over and I don't get to see it until Dick's. But if all works out, I get it like Alpine night one and two and Dick's mm-hmm. night three or four. Like that, that would make me very happy because seeing Reba at a summer show with the breeze kind of going in towards the end of the first set – it, almost nothing better. Um, Meg, as you were listening, what was your big highlight of set one? I thought the opener was really awesome. Anytime they're going to do a big bust out and make a nod back to the Baker's Dozen, it always makes me really happy. And I've said it before, but starting with acapella, that's just old school fish to me. And that's that always means that they're feeling right. It just is special. And I also, I don't know if I'm right about this, but I was listening back today and it seemed like the intro to Punch was like longer than it usually is. It seems like they kind of marinated in that like spacey, like beautiful, delicate space that they're in before they like go into it. And it just sounded so pretty. And I was thinking, I just love how this band can take these songs that are so old and make them sound new or make me kind of like stop and say, oh, what are they doing here? Like when I was in Jones Beach and they were playing like antelope with all these new sounds in the beginning and you know they're doing things like this in a way that's just so incredible and exciting. So I thought the punchy was really cool. And I just love hearing that. I'm kind of mad because I feel like now I'm going to get it, not going to get an AC, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm happy for you. Happy. And then, <laughs> you know, that's Strawberry Fields that came back in the vocal jam. Fishman was mm-hmm. definitely saying a couple of, of, of the lines there that I, I, I totally. could manage to catch. And that was fun. I mean, yeah. I, I get, I, that was again, unexpected opener. And, uh, that's the best. I mean, when they play crowd control, you know you're getting a good show. All the shows it's, I've been to that they played crowd control have been awesome shows. 
I appreciate you yeah. saying that. It's a very strange fact of crowd control is they either open or they, they play it as like the faux opener like last night. And it mm-hmm. usually leads to great things. 8-19-2012 is a very good example of a crowd control opener that then leads to an amazing show. Um, yeah, you know, a couple thoughts. It's really interesting to me. And I really like that a, some of these songs from the Baker's Dozen are still reemerging five years later. Yeah. You know, you had like You Sexy Thing, Strawberry Letter, like very rightly so coming out of the Baker's Dozen. They were like, these songs fit our sound. They fit us as a band. We're going to include these in uh, in future shows. And almost immediately they became a part of the kind of extended rotation. But then you still have songs like Strawberry Letter or excuse me, Strawberry Fields that I don't think anybody thought we'd ever hear again. And when it popped up on, on, uh, on my Twitter, when it popped up, you know, um, uh, you know, for me in terms of like hearing this, I was like, Oh my God, this is something that's actually coming back. It gives me hope that Powderfinger can return again. Cause that was a yeah. time play that I would love to hear them do again. Um, for me really quickly, the I'm right there with you, David, the last two minutes of 46 days. I love what they're doing with you. Enjoy myself. I love the, now vocal jam to the jam, but 46 days, my God, I just, I, I, I couldn't get enough of that. I thought that was an absolutely amazing, uh, uh, little segment of music and it really leads to some of my favorite stuff that happened in set two. Mm -hmm. Any other thoughts that you guys have just in terms of, um, set one here before we jump into the next segment of the show? I'm, I'm glad they played shade. There's a nice little breather. You know, I did not think the crowd was very into it, though. I have to say, like, I don't know. They can play Shade every show. It doesn't matter to me. I, <laughs> I think it's a beautiful, cool-down song. I just, I love the lyrics of that song. Um, me too. And uh, I don't know. I, people were, I wish people paid more attention to it, I guess. I don't know. There was now. I think we could go off on like a tangent here, but like I, I'm I'm in agreement with you. I think it's some of the to me, shade is what happens when the guys who wrote waste have mm-hmm. twenty more years of marriage and the good, the bad, the challenging, the moments where you're like, I don't know if I I don't know if we're gonna work, but then you figure out a way to work. Like shade comes out of all of that messiness and I love it. It's it's it, I think it's some really great lyrics. Um so jumping into set break. So it's still a little bit light out. It's still beautiful. Set break comes. Everybody kind of needs a breather after Cavern. Um, our set break segment is sponsored here by our good friends at Sunset Lake CBD. Meg, do you want to tell us about our good friends at Sunset Lake CBD? I'd love to. Sunset Lake CBD's line of smokable hemp products are for the old deadhead or the young fish fan, anybody who's enjoying shakedown before the show, or if you're someone that just goes straight to your seat you're going to be looking for a mellow body high. So smoking CBD has all the benefits of high THC cannabis, but without the paranoid and anxious side effects. They have nine different strains from this year's harvest, so there's something for everyone. The Hawaiian Haze is awesome for an outdoor show, and Cherry Abacus is best for the end of the night. All the flour is grown, cured, and trimmed by Sunset Lake CBD farmers. And even better, Sunset Lake CBD's farm-to-table approach gets you great pricing on premium CBD flour, because they ship directly from their farm to your door. I've also been using a lot of their tinctures, which is something I wasn't really familiar with before 
I got a bunch of Sunset Lake CBD tinctures and they're great. They're really nice to just kind of like drop at your tongue. You can keep it at your bedside table. I'll have some right before I go to bed. It just helps me sleep really well and just wake up feeling really refreshed. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com. You can use the coupon code HFPOD and you're going to get 20% off all your products. Sunset Lake CBD is farmer owned and Vermont grown. And with that, David, we're going to turn to you. What was your set break like last night? How did it go for you? Set break was uh, pretty pretty chill at Blossom. You can get to the restrooms pretty easy. You can get back. Um, yeah, met up with uh, met up with uh, some other friends that I wasn't hanging out with pre-show or, or during the first set. Um, and uh, yeah, it's that hometown show. It's just you you got you, you walk ten feet and then you run into to someone else. But uh, it was a quick set break. It was only a half hour. Um, oh, wow. They started pretty early i mean they ended you know before nine and 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 they started pretty early um so it was uh it was great just walking around the grounds of blossom can't beat it beautiful beautiful space to be i remember doing that when i was there um justin how about you how was your set break what did you do um set break uh for me went really well it did seem a little bit um it did seem a little bit shorter um mostly i just wound up discussing the show so far with my, uh, show neighbors. Um, I had mentioned to them when they saw me on my phone taking notes. Um, I had mentioned that I was going to be on a, on the podcast today that I always listen to. And, um, so we were just mostly talking about, um, how the show had gone so far and just stuff like that. Just like, I love those, those conversations with people because you never met the person, but like, it just within like two or three minutes, you just having the most like passionate, intense, enthusiastic conversation. And you know, my wife's like, Oh, look at you. Like he's your, you know, you, you made a new best friend. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just the, it's just one of the, the coolest things about, um, about going to shows. I just, you know, it's it, it to me is it's on par with like, it's why I love fish and why I love going to baseball games is like, you meet the guy sitting next to you. Who's like, keeping score of the game and they've got all these stories and all these like highs and lows with whatever team they follow. And it's the same thing here with fish. Like you're meeting someone who listens to as much of this band and thinks about them as much as you do in the moment. And they're kind of glowing from whatever just happened. It's a really cool feature. My friend and I call it micro love because there's this, you know, we all need like big loves in our lives. But I think during COVID especially, we realized like how much we need like micro love from strangers or people you just meet, like making a connection with someone you don't really know very well and how like important that is to you. And and that's one of the reasons I love seeing fish is because like you're just getting micro love all the time. You know, you're just smiling at people you don't know or engaging in conversations with strangers. It's just the best. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it so much. So let's jump into, so as a quick set break, let's jump into set two here. And this was, um, this was a second set. I have lots of questions for you guys in the room. Um, So they come out, they open up with free. They go into Esther, Blaze On, Sense and Subtle Sounds, 2001, then Split Open and Melt. Uh, And then the encore is Bathtub Gin. I want to figure out how to enter this because there's a lot to get into here. First and foremost, there's a lot of jamming. Secondly, from afar, from watching at home, it seemed as though there were some technical issues that were happening on stage that were preventing the band from fully hooking up in a couple of their songs, which allowed them to just 
dive off the ledge into improvisation, which reminded me as a 2.0 lover of a lot of 2.0 second sets. Um, first, before we get into the highlights, did you guys notice in the venue any sort of technical issues or, or any sort of like frustration from the stage based on it, David, starting with you? Yeah, the um, you could see Trey like fiddling with his guitar or I, I'm not exactly, I was, I was in section 35, so it was kind of far back. Uh, from the stage and there's you know no tvs or anything like that and then like the sound definitely went like lower and then went higher um i forgot exactly what song it was so so that was something that i hadn't heard before to show um but honestly i don't i don't i don't wow if they need technical difficulties to create music like that i it didn't it didn't have any impact on, <laughs> on my show i mean yeah not at all but I, I did hear a couple glitches. Justin, how about you? Did you hear any sort of stuff going on? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I did. Um, it, I heard some staticky noises. I was all the way back row of the pavilion dead center, uh, like looking at Fishman. And um, yeah, there was some, there was some static, some snapping noises, some crackling. And some of the guys that I was just trying to listen to the people at set break, they were also um, talking about it. It was noticeable, but not enough really for me to interfere. It didn't interfere with, you know, the quality of me enjoying the show. Yeah. And it's but, interesting. But I like say, I, said my, I said to my wife, I, I don't ever, it's been, you know, 60, 70, I don't know how many shows I've been to since I've heard like technical difficulties. I don't usually even yeah, notice. It's very that. rare. Yeah. I've noticed throughout this tour that Trey's seemed to have some issues with his in-ear monitor. He he's taken him out a couple of shows. I think that there's been times where he hasn't heard the full band. Last night seemed to be the most extreme. It happened from what I could see during Esther. There was a point where they were all kind of off by a beat. And rather than singing to the crowd, he turned and looked directly at Mike and Fish. Did not have the nicest look on his face. And I'm wondering if it was like in the moment of like, hey, this is a really complex song. We all need to focus on each other and keep this thing going. Um, so it's interesting that you guys heard a little bit of that from afar. But turning back to like, ultimately, my perception is that this was an incredible second set. And it, it seemed as though whatever was happening from a tech standpoint didn't interfere as you said david with really really strong music being played um this is one of those sets that to me uh, i think it's right there with raleigh with bethel night two um philly night one as a set that when i go back to this tour i will press play on the opener and i will not skip a track it just yeah. flows um Justin, starting with you, I, this is a, this is a set that I think has like a ton of highlights. Do you have one highlight? And it's okay if you say no because I have multiple. Just what, what was your big takeaway? You know, my big takeaway in a set full of songs that I really like was, and I'm I'm referring to my notes here. During Blaze On, during the jam, I I I put down that Paige and Mike were playing like Alien Bingo with each other it was just a you know I, I don't even know what that means but it meant something to me in that moment it was it was such an unusual conversation that they were having it, it was it was it was alien bingo i just it was i don't know 
I love that. <laughs> I love that. Then that was a really great Blazon. We've heard three really, really cool Blazons now. The Hartford version was fascinating. The Great Woods version almost never fully got to Blazon. It was just kind of like it was a jam out of – Love that. It was, was it out of Golden Age or was it into Golden Age? I'm, I'm forgetting already. But it, whatever it was, it like didn't feel like Blazon fully. It's just – it's become this amorphous thing. Um, David, how about you? What was your big highlight or what were your highlights? Wow. Um, you know, I've been chasing a sense jam for quite some time. So like the last sense that I got was an AC and it was, I guess, where they didn't play the intro, but then they played it the next day and it was, wasn't, oh, yeah. an extended, it was not an extended version of sense. So like when you talk about 2.0, the last time I heard a really long sense was like maybe Alpine Valley in 2004 or, or something. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that was on the first set, I, I believe. And, and that was an extended version. And I was just kind of waiting for, 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 for me to hear it again. And it was like a, it was like this intense, like dirty, like rock extravaganza. That's how I would describe Like sense, you, you don't know where that could go either. That could be a mm-hmm. melody maybe. But that was like, like a throbbing, jam with a ton of peaks and it was Trey leading the way. And I don't know that, I mean, everything else was, I, I, we can talk about the free and that melt was just unbelievable. I thought, but for me, just like the big takeaway, the song I was chasing was sense and they really just delivered in, in, in spades. Having sense come back a little bit into the rotation now and having the intro come back as something that is, something to, to be expected at this point in time. I feel like AC might've been the last time we heard them play it without the intro and then bringing the intro back. I mean, it's wild. I'm just looking at this blaze on since debuting in 2015 has been played 63 times since and subtle sounds since debuting in 2003 has only been played 39 times. Mm-hmm. And if you look at like the run from the start of 3.0 to Basically, Atlantic City last year, you're looking at a lot of 20, 30, 109 show gaps, like pretty significant gaps for the song where it just wasn't connecting with whatever the band was playing. Since AC, um, we've had a two show gap, a seven show gap, a five show gap, a 10 show gap, a five show gap, a 12 show gap, and now a seven show gap. It's not like right in the rotation where you expect to hear it every five, six shows, but it's starting to inch that way there. I saw a version uh, at um, Chula Vista last summer that did not go nearly as far as last night's version, but it was very, very satisfying for a late sec- set to uh, Sense and Subtle Sounds. The one last night felt like it could go off for another 20 minutes. Like it had that, that, the free, the melt it felt like those could have been the only three songs you heard in that set because there were just endless ideas and endless creativity coming off the stage. Um, Megan, li- listening back, what was your, what were your moments? I mean, that free, you know, it's just, this song has always just been such an incredible song and hearing it at MSG, that was kind of the beginning of that third set. Uh, just such a cool song to kind of, take out there and it's such an anthem, right? And I felt like they had this like anthemic quality throughout the whole first half of the jam. It was just the first set of peaks were like tidal and it just had this really kind of like organic 
anthemic quality to it. And then it became this like sunny melodic groove and Mike was just killing it. And I love what he's been doing this tour. I keep finding myself like locking onto him. I don't know if, I don't know a lot about music. So I don't know if he's using like a lot of different pedals or effects, but he sounds like really seventies, really funky, really good coming through really strong. And then it ends with just these absolutely gorgeous peaks. And I think landing in Esther was like, such a good call to take this like really melodic blissy jam and then go really dark and composed is like so good I feel like one thing they're nailing this summer too is that doing these monster jams and landing in like this perfect landing pad um, which is like not the typical landing pads like landing in Esther or landing yeah. in wingsuit you know they're finding unique songs to place there that work so well and I just thought that free is something I'm going to go back to a lot. And I also really like the sense and subtle sounds, which is beautiful build and crescendo 16 minutes, but like packs a lot in and same with blaze on. It's not even that long. It's like nine minutes or something, but blaze on is one of those songs that they can just, they get in the pocket right away and they can just find cool stuff right away. Um, I'm terrified about this melt. Absolutely terrified. I, yeah. it's scary. I feel like if it was at the show, I would have been like crying or something like this is Mm. not my type of stuff. Like it scares the fuck out of me. I was like, what is happening? I was just like on a walk with my dog listening to it. And I was like, ah, this is not my thing. Scary. Yeah. Cool though. I I couldn't agree more with that. Um, I'm glad that I uh, chose to go psychedelic free last night because that's what would have just, terrified me some of the notes that i took <laughs> yeah. um like hearing like ugly spacey dissonant noises and at one point it sounded like the band was like a giant machine grinding something up during that jam yes um that's the kind of stuff that like when i was like 19 and we go to shows on acid like that i would not do well like i'd have to like leave or something it was scary yeah, I, wrote, I wrote down sounds like machines plotting to take over the world like <laughs> things terrifying. were turning and like yes. the, mach- the robots were coming and we were all doomed. I mean, it was just unbelievable. <laughs> the robot spaces they're fighting this summer is really cool though. Th- that's it one feels- of my favorite things though. The juxtaposition between the, those, the songs that are absolutely beautiful. And then the songs where they can make those ugly, dark noises. Like that's to me, that's them. Like, I don't know of any other band that can go so far in each direction. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that is, I was thinking about this this morning and I want to pull up a comment here in a second that kind of gets to to this as well, just as a talking point. But, um, you know, there's been a lot of discussion around 2021 was so ravenously received by the community. And I think part of it was we haven't seen this band in 18 months. I think a lot of people went into last summer thinking like, I don't care what they play. I just am happy to go to a fish show again. And then the band came back with a ton of energy and it just shocked everyone. And they've carried that, like you were saying earlier, Justin, they've carried that over to 2022 where it feels like a continuation of last year. But because we get that year break, the only complaints I'm seeing in the community is that like either there's not a ton of evolution or it it's not as shocking as last year was. And I don't, I don't know how much I care about either aspects of it because I think that the music that they're playing is this very, they're, they're taking the baseline jamming that happened last year, which was very aggressive. It sounded very angular to me 
And two things are happening that's differentiating it. One, they're continuing to go down these pathways that are very weird and very challenging, which is how you get like a melt last night, which is a really kind of challenging piece of music to listen to. But then two, Mike Gordon is coming back in a force that I don't, I didn't hear him in this level last year. Partially from my interpretation was Trey was playing at such a low end in so many of these jams that Mike didn't stick out as much because Trey was playing in his range. And so you're getting the emergence of Mike again, but you're also getting this band understanding that like diving into that weirdness while also embracing these beautiful moments is just creating such contrast that it sounds similar to last year, but it does sound like a continuation to me. I'm curious if you guys have thoughts on that and if last night changed or reaffirmed that. I mean, Trey last night, he did not go to his new pedals. He, he did not go there quickly at all, if, if, if at all. Most of the, like that free jam, that was Mike leading the way and Trey just kind of soloing on top of what Mike was laying down. Yeah. And, and it was, um, it was, yeah, it was, it was like that classic rock, clean, melodic tones and, and, and Trey didn't need to go um, to the, to the depths that he did. It was, it was, it was all Mike. That, that, that yeah. was the difference in last night, I think versus 2021. I agree with that. It usually was in 2021, Trey would throw a riff out, put the synth effect on, and then the band would adapt. Very quickly. And, right. Yeah. And last night there was, there was more Mike guiding the way. Justin, what are your thoughts on all this? Um, Mike is absolutely my MVP so far, uh, this tour, he is extremely loud and he, he, I mean, he is, he is very, very, very assertive. Um, I'm dancing during the shows. I'm lost in the jam. I, I don't always, you know, catch, um, exactly who's doing what, but, um, you know, I, I, after each three, uh, after the last three shows, Mike, I just, Nothing to say. He stands out. He definitely stands out. Um, One other point that has been really interesting. Well, I don't know about interesting. It's been a part of the larger conversation. I want to get your guys' thoughts on it because like last night, just on paper is one of those shows that I think is like a really good show to just kind of look at and be like, I want to dive into this. If you're like, if you don't know anything about this tour five, six years from now, you might want to, you know, you might dive into this. Um, Jonathan Hart, our wonderful co-host posted this got into a Twitter debate today. Setlist don't matter is my position. Jonathan's position, which doesn't mean that they don't need songs. It means that they can play a great show without playing your favorite song. I want to bring up like, um, probably my favorite show of this tour thus far is Bethel night two, but I love the night after the Hartford show, which doesn't have like the most, doesn't have the set list that jumps out to you. Like I have to listen to this, but it has really, really fascinating music and you hear the band playing in a way that just blows me away. Um, Justin, starting with you, like what are your thoughts in terms of the set list, this tour versus the music? And like, where do you stand in this kind of argument? Um, I really like seeing uh, songs that were out of the rotation back in the rotation. Um as opinionated and outspoken as I am, sometimes I feel like the song lists, you know, the songs that Trey's calling that night on stage are important to me. But some nights, you know, I, I've heard, you know, a Deer Creek and MSG earlier in the year. I can't name it any specific examples right at the moment. 
but I heard plenty of songs that I normally wouldn't reach for, but I was like, oh, wow, that's a great version. So um, for me personally, I am hearing songs that aren't necessarily my favorite, but I'm loving where the jam's going. And I'm not worried about, you know, uh, that I didn't hear Fee and Glide yet this tour. Like I'm not, you know, um, I I'm, I'm totally on board with uh, jamming unexpected songs. Uh, Isabella got pulled out earlier in the tour. There's been, you know, a number of other songs reappear. Um, I'm trying to think of what else uh, we've seen reappear this tour that was dormant for a while. Um, I mean, I feel like we've had like a lot of bust outs that have come out. Like I, I, I totally get what you're saying. Where like songs that are not in the rotation are coming into the rotation at this point in time. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the bottom line is I don't feel like the song, the the uh, set lists have been uh, complacent, stale, or boring at all. I think it's you know we're getting unexpected stuff every night. Agreed. Like Tila, when the man night one in the you yeah. Know. David, what are your thoughts on all this? My thoughts are. Um, Every song is a platform. Every song has its unique personality, as I said before. I, I, I don't care what they play as long as what they're playing inspires them to take risks. And I think like, I, I mean, I, I, I honestly, I can't get a wave of hope out of my head. So <laughs> they're playing good songs. They're, they're writing, you know, new songs that are good. And then the, the, the improvisation that's coming out of them has been spectacular. So yeah, I agree with with Jonathan. I mean, I'm I, I don't know. I guess I'm at the stage in my listening to this band where they can play whatever they want. I have no expectations, and if they just continue to take risks and excite us, then that that that's what I'm here for. So, Megan, do you have any thoughts? I I tend to fall where you are, David, in terms of my listening. But what are your thoughts, Meg? You know, my favorite shows are the shows that have really great flow. I just feel like one idea or theme. And sometimes it matters what songs are in those set lists and sometimes it doesn't. You know, I think it just is all about if they're kind of like riding that vibe. You know, I think about a show like Raleigh that had to me a really strong thematic flow to it and worked really well. And it didn't matter what song they played. Of course, I'm super happy when they play Sneak and Sally that I've been wanting to hear or other songs, you know, but I'm at, I'm totally with Jonathan. I think the level of playing is so high right now that it really doesn't matter what they play. And I'm just happy for any of it. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I mean, I feel like my favorite shows have become shows where the flow happens in a manner that like I couldn't have predicted that's like a set list being good if I'd written it down. You know, like if, if I were to like sit down and write down like a dream set list just from a song standpoint and then they play a show that is like, I never would have predicted those six, seven songs being tied together. And those six, seven songs are right in the moment. And there's really cool risk taking and there's really cool improvisation. I'd rather have that than something that's like a greatest hits without a ton of risks. And so to me, the writing new songs, they're playing songs in places that you never would have anticipated they would go all of it's leading to surprising listens. And while it may not look as strong on paper at times, you're never going to fully understand this band without listening to it. I think that that's pretty, mm-hmm. pretty much the simplest way to put it. Um, I appreciate you guys diving into that. That's been something I've been thinking a lot about and hearing, hearing a ton of that. Um, last segment here for the show. So let's all imagine it is 2027. 
I know that, you know, who knows where the world is going to be in 2027, but we are looking back at this tour and saying, <laughs> saying, what is the song? What is the moment? What is the jam that we're going to listen back to? This segment of the show is brought to us by our friends at Fans for Racial Equity, otherwise known as Free. Free seeks to build an anti-racist live music scene and promote liberation through racial equity in the world at large by activating the collective power of our community. By facilitating thoughtful engagement around race and its intersection with other issues, Free empowers fans to challenge discrimination and systemic oppression wherever they see it. To get involved in Free's education, outreach, and community partnership programs, you can sign up at the link on your screen, fansforracialequity.org, or you can share in the groove with them at the free table during a show. They will be at every venue for the rest of Fish's summer tour. David, starting with you, what is the lasting moment that you're going to go back to 5, 10, 15 years from now? Whew. Tough question. I mean, I, I have two moments. I, I mean, it's it's. I think it's going to be that free at, at the end of the day. I mean, that was just, I mean, I think the, I, I don't think I've heard a second set free maybe since 2.0 most of the frees that i hear are are in the first set yeah Um, and they're you know they're fantastic they're tight they're 10 minutes Mm -hmm. um they can play free every show and i simply love it but that was i mean you you that was just a flowing jam that i mean it, it it there were absolutely no boring parts um it it kind of happened organically and I, I mean I I didn't even know when it was gonna I mean that, that could have went on for 30 more minutes they had so mm-hmm. many ideas so yeah I, I, I I'm gonna be listening to to free that's Enjoy. it that's it I love that I love that Justin how about you what, what was your last highlight um it could definitely be free but I'm gonna pick something else um, I think I'm just going to go back to the split open and melt. Um, you know, that a lot of, a lot of, well, I'll just speak for me, not anybody else. Uh, split open and melt um, to me is an incredible 4.0 song. One of my favorite of the old songs that they always seem to do something um, I like with. And um, it almost reminded me in some ways of the uh, Nashville two uh, second set, yeah. the, the 2001 split open and melt and then i guess mm-hmm. the free would be comparable this year's free would be comparable maybe to the mr completely as like the large jam vehicle in the beginning but such a it was such a complete show okay um i don't always feel like the show was complete when i left but the, the balance between the first and second set i mean those were very well balanced Meriwether obviously mm-hmm. set one much stronger both nights um very 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 even uh, and then you also have a great encore. I mean, you know, we didn't we 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 didn't get anything basic. We got a real we got a real encore. We got a gin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was it. Um, I love that. And yeah, uh, bookending the show or the set with free and a melt jam like that, pretty incredible. Meg, what about you? What was your highlight? I mean, besides the free, which I think definitely is the highlight, I actually think that people are also going to be talking about. The, this is the beginning days of potentially the new YEM, right? Like now we're at three or four that have done this in a row, depending on if you count rock lidits or not. But every YEM since, you know, since the last four or five, three or four have had this re-entry into the jam after the vocal jam. So maybe this is like the time that it turns and it's 
it's always going to be this way from then on. Who knows? But I think that's kind of an interesting historical thing that's happening. And that's a really good point. Like we're seeing, I thought about this the last time that they jammed out Yem in this way. We're hearing a song that is the fish song. Like they chose mm-hmm. to end the first chapter of their career with this song yeah. when they came back and they couldn't nail the compositional part. Like it was the one song where they were like, shit, we have to restart this because we can't play this song if we can't do this right. It is the song that has always been there to evolve with the band. And the fact that they completely have reinvented the end of that is such a significant thing. All that said, I have to go with the free, uh, a free for our free segment. Who knows if we'll have this happen again. Big shout out here. Great commenter today. Great listener of the pod. Toaf B says that 30 minute lawn boy from the Baker's dozen changed everything. It proved that every song can range or could range rage. And that's been something that has happened so much last year. And it happened, I think even more so this year. You know, mm-hmm. you think about some of these songs like Leaves, like Rise Come Together, like Free, that fill a really cool place in a show, but they all seem to have a place, like a purpose. Uh, Rise Come Together is usually an encore that like has a really good message, but it's just like five minutes of rock and roll. Leaves is this David Bowie-esque beautiful ballad, but that's really all that it is. Free is this like energizing moment where Trey gets to show off his guitar skills and the band plays one of the best, you know, just uh, earworms that they've ever written to then take those songs and say, but they can be something more means that every show a song will start and you can be like, Oh my God, I had no idea that this was going to turn into a jam vehicle. It's, it's really cool. And Brian Goldenberg says here, I know that you said this before and I apologize for not, not highlighting it, but uh, this tour reminds me of 1997 fall in the sense that like any song has a chance to lift off. And that is, that is a really, really cool thing. So, so many highlights, (laughs) good space to be in very good company. Um, So many highlights, but those were our lasting highlights from this show. David, Justin, thank you guys both so much for hanging with us here today and breaking down a really fascinating and really excellent show. Any last thoughts before you guys roll on to uh, to Pine Nub? I'm speechless. No, I'm just kidding. There it is. (laughs) That's it. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, I was extremely, extremely happy with that performance at Blossom. I mean, they, they just, they, they brought the house down. Um, and it was just a satisfying show. It was, it was a show that, you know, if you, if you were just to dream about like what your perfect show would be, Blossom is, is, is right up there on that list. I, I, I love that. Really enjoyed it from start to finish. Love that. Love that. Justin, any last thoughts from you? You know, uh, similar to what David said, I mean, that's a, that's a complete show, you know, from the, from the funk of, uh, you know, tube and, um, and free in 2001 to all of the old stuff you want to hear and the split open and melt jam and the free, um, just a very, very, very balanced show. And I'm really, really trying not to be a prisoner of the moment. When I left that show last night, and I still feel this way, I do believe that that was my favorite summer show that I've seen since the Worcester Summer 12 opener. And that's and wow. I love that show. And that's a very, 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 very strong statement. This show has so much replay value in, everywhere. And like uh, earlier when you talked about, you know, five, six years, 
looking back at this show, I think people will absolutely uh, love this show uh, for years to come. I think it's going to have the same impact that a lot of Blossom shows have had. I mean, I started this by saying like Blossom is such a strange venue in the sense that like it gets this one show, a tour, it seems like, like every other year. And every like time they come here. Like holds up. This will hold up. Exactly like that. Exactly like that. Um, yeah. Like 6 2095, uh, you know, parts sure. like oh. 6 You've got that incredible birds of a feather, another great split open and melt. Like it's this venue that. They just seem to step on that stage and immediately they start playing incredible music. And last night we saw it. Now we go to Pine Knob, which is uh, such a tiny little venue just outside of Detroit. I was there in 2015 or 2014, excuse me. I sat like 10 rows back. I'm really excited to hear how they how they approach this show tonight before we go on to Atlantic City. Um, David, Justin, safe travels. Brian, before we let them on. go. Since they're yeah. going to AC, I just want to ask, I hope I'll see you guys at our free events on Saturday yes, or Sunday. I'd love to meet you in person, so please stop by if you can. Will do. Can I, can I say one more thing? Please. I, do you guys still have this, the uh, CBD sponsorship? Because it's the, the first pet CBD I ever bought. My senior cats love that stuff. Oh, man. Yeah. Sunset Lake. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you so, so much. I just, I just wanted to say I use one of the products that you guys, uh, you know, uh, endorse and I love it. Um, my oh, I really do. appreciate that. That's oh, awesome. that's amazing. I haven't tried that. Thanks so much for having me. You guys will see me. I'll see you in AC and uh, very, 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 very grateful. David, have a great show today. Thanks, Justin. Nice to meet you. Thanks, Megan. Thank Thanks, Brian. We, I appreciate Thank- it. Take yeah, care, we, guys. we appreciate you, so you guys as well. Thank you guys. We'll talk with you guys both here soon. Thanks Thank so you. much. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Awesome. So we that was a great conversation. That was great to have those yeah, two guys that was on. Really fun. Uh they were awesome. Um, we will be back tomorrow, same time. We will be recapping the show from Pineup. We have Scotty King, who will be joining us. Uh, one of my Good Buddies was a guest on Beyond the Pond a number of times. Um, Really, really good dude. He's making the drive over from Ontario to Michigan, as well as we will have Clay Bird from the We Are Everywhere podcast. So tune in tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern. I do want to tell you all before we go, our good friends over at Wook Plus are hosting The Lot today pre-show before the, uh, the show will be on Twitter at Wook Plus, as well as YouTube if you search Wook Plus. And every show, they do the After Fish After Show, which goes live 15 minutes post-show. You can watch that again at Wook Plus, as well as on YouTube if you search for Wook Plus. We love those dudes. We love what they're doing. And uh, we encourage you all to check them out. Anything else, Meg, or we, did we do it? I think we're good. I'm going to stream the show tonight. I'm so excited. I can't wait. I, mm-hmm. I've been streaming all these shows and uh, my kids are loving it. My my son comes running in the room. Have they played Everything's Right yet? My daughter does her twirls <laughs> in the living room. It's, it's a ton of fun. We eat, we hang out, we share in it. It should be great. Really excited to see what Detroit Fish has in store. Should be awesome. Yes. You guys all take care out there. As Trey keeps saying, be safe. And I love, love that you. he's ending each show that. And he's saying we love you. It's very cute. He's saying we love you. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. You guys all take care. We will talk with you all here soon. Thanks so much. Bye, guys.
Osiris. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. All right, my show, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, has hit one million podcast downloads because of you. This is huge. That means we're in the top 5% of all podcasts among listeners. I want to thank you for listening to the show and supporting what we do. Iron sharpens iron. On this show, we dive into the most pressing news of our time. It's not easy, but it's necessary. Providing insightful commentary and a heavy dose of fact-based truth. We cover criminal justice, politics, social justice, policy, and how racism affects us all. Find Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you are subscribed to our show so you don't miss an episode and don't forget to rate us with five stars. Now that we've reached 1 million podcast downloads, let's get our show to number one in the podcast charts. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks With Johnny, streaming everywhere now. 